AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is a little bit of extra for you. It is August 25th, 2022. I'm your host, Shady from New York. Being joined on this happy, hopefully this motherfucker has a cold beverage, bro. bro. If you don't have a cold beverage, man, I'm dumping you. Let me see what this guy's got. This guy's got an AEW coffee. Look at this fucking geek. Oh, my goodness. All right, Wesley Snipes. What are you doing? Sipping on the tears of the non-believers, bro. Non-believers? Who doesn't believe us? <sighs> Who doesn't believe us, bro? Oh my god! There's a lot Stand, of people that. There's a lot chills, of people. You name it, bro. There's a, there's a lot of people that don't believe what we do here, man. What we do man. here is special and better than anybody, man. Jesse, what's going on in this happy hour, bro? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. That's good. Good, good, good. That's good. We got a lot to talk about. We had uh, quite the show last night. 4,200 people watching us last night to cover what was, I thought, a great discussion with CM Punk, John Moxley, everything that happened on AEW Dynamite last night. Figured instead of doing a 20-minute extra, there's just so much to fucking cover here that I would come on live with you, which is a treat for everybody because he's normally just on Wednesdays. Now we got him on Wednesday and Thursday this week. We're going to go over some WWE news at the top, and then we're going to get into the real Heart of the matter here with Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, all this fucking rumor and innuendo, uh, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. Unbelievable stuff, bro. How you feeling after Dynamite last night, man? Any uh, any different uh, feeling waking up today? Um, well, the, my thoughts on last night's show, man, I thought we had, I mean, at least as far as I'm concerned, and a lot of the people who reached out to me, um, probably our best podcast together, man, ever. I think so. So, I mean... Fantastic. A lot of information, a lot of good opinions back and forth. Loved everything about it. And then um, tonight, uh, uh, today, I'm sorry, to get up and to get the information that we both got, you know, it it feels good, man. Yeah, feels man, good. there are a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of uh, shady shysters out there in the uh, IWC, man, putting shit behind paywalls that uh, are, are completely nonsensical garbage. And uh, we will get into all that uh, today on OTS. Obviously, uh, when I drove into the venue, you guys know what's on the uh, on the resume today. So we'll get right into it. I don't even want to waste any time. You guys know the deal. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. TikTok is great. Over 7,000 followers already on there and just uh, a little bit less than a month. So thank you to everybody over there. You guys want to go follow Jesse. You can go follow him on YouTube and on Twitter as well, Chi-Town Smart. He does AW Dark and Rampage live watch-alongs. And we'll get into that uh, a, a little bit later on in the show. He could tell you what he does over there. But if you want to go follow him on social media, you know where to follow him. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys get those super chats in. Like my boy Sidro, making everybody laugh in the super chats, man. Get them on in. 
And like I said, a thousand likes minimum on today's OTS Extra. Jesse, we're going to start at the top, man. A little, uh, little news and note here. Uh, I know I mentioned it to you yesterday. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember if I mentioned it to you on the stream last night or uh, before the stream or via text. I don't remember, but I, I know I brought up Survivor Series for you. And Survivor Series tickets are sold out. Austin, TD Garden, sellout, pre-sale. And uh, there's not a ticket to be had uh, for the general public for this thing. Per WrestleTix tickets moved extremely fast with most of the seats being filled almost immediately before the company opened up more seats. Meltzer wrote, I know some want to deny this and compare years ago TV ratings, but WWE is hot. Survivor Series tickets at Barclays Center are selling faster than any wrestling show in that building in a long time. He later deleted and revised this tweet to say, Survivor Series in Boston basically sold out during the pre-sale today. Whatever is held back with uh, will sell out during public pre-sale uh, public on sale, rather. I can't think of a WWE show in years to do that. So they, they sold out basically in the pre-sale, and they will go on their way to an easy sellout with public on sale. Jesse, I, um, you know, I don't want to come off like the shill that I am any more than I already do, but if nobody believes this is a lot to do with the Triple H effect, I don't know what the fuck they're smoking, bro. Survivor Series. Who the fuck gives a shit about Survivor Series? If if it's not, it's a huge coincidence because when was the last time this happened? Never. They 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 couldn't give those fucking tickets away last year. Nope. Nope. I mean it. It. it I mean, there's only one logical reason for. It. I mean, the same reason that I resubscribed to my W to my Peacock Network. The same reason that the next time a, a you know a WWE show comes into town, a big one, I'm gonna look into getting tickets. You know, the same reason why WWE is the talk of the wrestling town right now because we finally got somebody over there to do things right by the fantastic roster that they have. Yes, Survivor Series is going to be Raw versus SmackDown. As you guys uh, could go online and see the new logo for this year's Survivor Series, it's uh, red and blue trim. With new Survivor Series font, we don't know if NXT will be a part of the Survivor Series this year. Probably not. But uh, my question is, who's Roman Reigns going to wrestle? If he loses at uh, Clash of the Castle, that may be a little bit easier of a situation to, to really predict. But if he doesn't and he goes on to beat Drew McIntyre, he may be looking at a 1994 Undertaker versus Undertaker match. He may be wrestling himself. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't weighed in on this with you at all, but I don't think Triple H is losing at Cardiff. Uh, Triple H. I don't think I don't think um, Roman Reigns is losing at Cardiff, bro. You think he's going to beat uh, Drew McIntyre? Yeah, I do. I do. And listen, I you you may be right on that. I uh, I think we need to take those titles off of him immediately, or at least one of them. Oh, I, that I can agree with. Now, I don't think it's best that he keeps running around holding both titles hostage. Um, I just don't think Drew is the guy. But I'll give you this much. If he is the guy, then this is the this is the right place to do it at Cardiff. So. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. Um, and we only have five matches for that show right now. I was looking at this this afternoon. There's only five matches scheduled for this show right now. There will obviously be more added this week. Johnny Gargano's back. Uh, he started something with Austin Theory on Monday Night Raw in his return. We could possibly see that. Do you see Austin Theory cashing in after a Drew McIntyre possible win in Cardiff, Jess? Do you think, do you think Austin Theory could walk out as the undisputed champion? I don't I don't I don't think Austin Theory cashes in successfully. You think he fails? Yes. Um I I think 
I think that Triple H will go with the belief that Austin Theory is not ready for a world title run just yet. Not to say Austin Theory never will be. He's just not there just yet. And so it's either one of two options. Let him hold that thing for damn near a year until until Triple H can get him ready and in a better position to win, or he fails his cash in. Yeah, he's he's ready, but he's not ready. I agree with that. He's not ready for that spot yet. I mean, that, right that, that spot is is for the McIntyres and the Reigns, and obviously the Rollins needs to be in that discussion. He's been, he's been doing tremendous work, and obviously Cody Rhodes. I mean, I don't want to listen to anybody else spew another name that is not Cody Rhodes. He should be the one guy that they are focused on, even though he's out with injury right now. He is the next WWE champion. That's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah, if 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 I see if I got to see Austin Theory walking around as Universal or WWE champion, you know, to represent one of those brands, it would not feel like that they have a strong champion at that point. At that, no, at that moment, not at all. And it would not feel like uh, it. It honestly doesn't even feel like a Triple H move. It doesn't. No, no. that's not good shit, pal. No, so I'm not saying he can never be ready. I think Triple H can get him ready. So if the plan is to let him just hold that damn thing, you know, for a year while Triple H gets him in a better position, I could see it then. Otherwise, it's going to be a failed cash in and they'll get back to theory being champion when he's ready. Yeah, I mean, there's things in, there's things in order that need to I mean, a, a, a solid a solid run in the Royal Rumble would be a great start for him. Beating John Cena at WrestleMania would be a great start for him. Then we can maybe start discussing. All right, let's move him up. Let's yeah. let's see let's let's move him up to the main event scene to see what he could do. Obviously, we know we can wrestle. Oh yeah, but we don't yeah, need yeah. to give the every twenty four year old that's got the the fucking future of the business uh, within them the WWE championship. Yeah, no, it's 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 just it's it's just not there yet. And and the big the big losing streak that Vince put him on after he won that briefcase didn't help matters at all. No, no, he he continues to lose all the money in the bank briefcase. All this continue to lose. That's Vince McMahon's mo. But um. But yes, uh, I do think that uh, we are both correct on this. You're correct on this. Uh, Austin Theory is definitely not ready for that. And uh, I'm looking forward to Cardiff. I'm looking forward to Clash of the Castle more so than any WWE pay-per-view this year just because of the ambiance and where it will be taking place. So uh, that is coming up in the following week, and I will be live after that show uh, goes off the air on Saturday night. Um, Jesse, we are moving away permanently from the move of WWE to TV14. I laugh at how people think WWE needs to go TV 14. You and I know, bro, that Triple H booked NXT with a TV PG rating, and it was the best fucking wrestling show in all of the United States, man, probably all of the world. He does not need a TV 14 rating, and it seems to be after what Zarian, Andrew Zarian, Matt Men Podcast reported back in July, uh, is not coming true. Today, PW Insider reports that while there was smoke to the original report, I don't want to say Andrew was wrong. Andrew's got very good sources, and more than, more times than not, he's right. But there was smoke to the original report. The company will not be making the change to the TV rating. Raw and SmackDown, that's on USA and Fox, will remain as TV PG shows for the foreseeable future. So if you are hoping to see storylines cross a certain line in a similar fashion as the Attitude Era, don't bet on that anytime soon. Um... I don't really care if it's TV 14 or not, Jesse. I just want a good fucking show. And the only thing that really bothers me, and I don't know if you pinpointed it on NXT, if you watched the last couple of weeks, the chance of you like you fucked up an asshole or whatever that is that gets bleeped out on live television. I mean, bro, we're, we're a pro wrestling audience. I think we're grown up enough to fucking understand what the crowd is saying. and The emotion of the crowd is there. So 
that's the only thing that I would deem maybe WWE could get away with with TV 14, but that should be a thing anyway. Yeah, see, I don't think they need it at all no. either. My my concern would be if they if they're going for a TV 14 rating and they get it, do they now have to like live up to it to I mean to keep it, you know what I'm saying? Because like you just said, when Triple H was running NXT, he didn't need to be TV 14. So if if it now means well we're TV 14, now we gotta be edgier, now we gotta say this, and now we gotta do this, and now we gotta dress less, and then that then that's gonna deviate from the original plan and the original direction that Triple H would normally go in. Yes. So I'm not for it. We don't have to be raunchy. We don't have to, you know, unnecessarily throw in swear words just because we want to get attention. And it's 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 unnecessary, man. Do what you normally been doing. It's been working. You don't need it. If it's working for AEW, then it's working for AEW, man. You don't have to be them. You just got to be competitive. And that's what he's doing. More blood we want to see on WWE television. I don't think that's a necessity on WWE TV. I, I would prefer AEW actually tone down the blood. We see it every fucking week. It doesn't really have an impact when we see it every week. Uh, you know, the cursing, the foul language. I mean, what do you want them to say? You want them to sound like me on a fucking normal everyday Monday Night Raw? It's not, not going to happen. Yeah. They're not going to be throwing F-bombs around. You know, you know, Jungle Boy's gotten gotten away with, you know, saying the word pussy. And we see and people, uh, we see and hear people say prick on AEW television. I mean, I mean, I, I think pussy may be crossing the line, but prick, you know, no. that's not really a, a negative thing to me. Asshole, bitch, you know, this yeah. is everyday language. I mean, I, I understand Fox is not going to allow that, but USA Network for, for Monday Night Raw and NXT, I mean, they got to they gotta, uh, loosen the, uh, the leash a little bit. Yeah, no, man. I mean, look, if they, if they want to do anything and if they want to, if they want to make the pay-per-views a little bit edgier, Fine. Yeah. Fine. You know, I mean, but I mean, and, and that can be and that can be a drawing point. You know, if you tune into the pay-per-view, then you'll see a little blood here and there, you know, and then maybe maybe the promos will get a little edgier here and there. But but not, but when we go back to TV, then we need to go back to TV man. I mean, go back to what you've been doing. Um, I don't think they have to fo follow by USA or Fox and standards on on Peacock. I don't believe so. I mean, what do I know? All I got to do is report what their rating is going to be. So if they're going to come up TV 14 at the pay-per-views that they just, you know, let NBC knows, then that's what it is and they'll be fine. But they don't need it for, for regular TV, though. No, no, I agree. You know, save it for the special events. Save it for the premium live shows that they got. I mean, it's uh, something that would add a little bit more value to them and make them a little bit more must-see. You know, it's like, you know, a lot of people tend to think that, uh, you know, drinking every night is a fucking fun activity. It's not. You know, I save my drinking for one day out of the week only, and that is on Thursday, which tonight is my, you know, realistic day off, but I adopted to go live tonight. I'm not going to be doing any work tonight like I normally would during the other days of the week. I'm going to have myself a couple old-fashioned tonight. Jesse's going to have a couple of drinks and relax, hopefully doing something uh, that he enjoys. You know, you do it once a week, something like that, or once a month in WWE's case, it's a little bit more enjoyable. You, you get a special sense of, oh, hey, it's a, it's a special occasion. We're getting something that we don't normally get, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it might even be a better idea to do it for the pay-per-views because then you have the leeway to make your main event, you know, get some, get some color here and there. I just don't want to – I'm just worried. I would worry that now they feel obligated to have everyone fucking get color in every pay-per-view. God forbid you tell Cody Rhodes he can get color at a pay-per-view. He'll do it every goddamn month. Oh, right? absolutely. So, I mean, we don't need it. 
you know, it's fine if it's warranted, you know, and hard way it happens. Hey, it fucking happens. What can you do? But, you know, let's not wear it out. Speaking of Triple H and the way he's handling things, which I think right now he has done a tremendous job. Uh, the shows feel very different. Jesse feels the same way. Jesse actually just resubscribed to Peacock because of Vince McMahon going away, hopefully forever. But Triple H has done an excellent job so far. I think the fans are really on board with what he's doing, and we haven't seen anything yet, to be brutally honest with you. But Roman Reigns actually talked about Triple H and the job he's done so far, Jesse. We, uh, I'm going to save some of this for uh, Off the Script 442 this weekend, but I just want to read this little excerpt on, on Triple H. He was interviewed by Sports Illustrated, and he actually opened up about the job Triple H has done so far. He says this, and I quote, I think he's done excellent. I think he's like a professional wrestling babyface right now in this industry. He's like a babyface for the industry right now, and there's like this honeymoon situation going on. There's a lot of excitement. But, I mean, if you look at the grand scheme of it and just break it down for what he stepped into just dealing with this controversy, I mean, dealing with the craziness of the impossible happened, Vince McMahon stepped down, like just dealing, wrapping your brain around that, and then being the guy the guy to be next, I thought following Cena was tough enough. Imagine having to follow Vince McMahon. I think he's done great. I really do. That's what Roman Reigns said in uh, regards to Triple H taking over from Vince McMahon. Yeah. You know, it's coming from the man's mouth, bro. He's the tribal chief. Yeah, I mean, I was I was more or less hoping that that maybe Roman would go back to a full-time schedule. Behind Triple H. Oh, he talked about that in this interview too. That's why I'll oh, say, that's why I said yeah. That's why I said I'll save it for the weekend. Oh, okay, very good. He's he's working a lot of schedule. He says he didn't want to get into specifics, but uh, he did sign a new contract, and you know he's going to be on the major shows. But if there's major story to tell, he's going to make it to television. Awesome. So I just I just I just, I just want to see what Triple H can do with this Roman Reigns. I mean, not going to lie, you know, for all Vince's faults, um, and it. it even though it did run a little stale, but, you know, we'll get past that. I think he did a fantastic job rejuvenating Roman Reigns' career. Not, I mean, he not only rejuvenated, I don't know I don't know if Vince McMahon rejuvenated Roman Reigns' career, but I honestly think the, th the thing that rejuvenated Roman Reigns' career was the fact that he wasn't on a fucking leash anymore and he was able to do what he wanted to do. You yeah. know, the fact that Vince McMahon allowed that to happen is a victory in itself because normally we're not talking about that type of thing. Yeah, even if even if Vince really creatively had nothing to do with it, he did. If nothing else, he he let Paul Heyman go. He, he let yeah. him go and he let him work Roman the way he needed to, and that worked. I mean, Vince has the final call in it. You know, Paul probably pitched what he wanted to do, Paul Heyman, and Vince obviously signed off on the heel turn and the direction and everything else. So I mean, kudos because that was. That was incredible. That that run he had over the last couple of years is incredible. I want to see what Triple H can do to capitalize on it. Yeah, that that beginning, the beginning of the of the Roman tribal chief head of the table storyline where he was trying to get Jay Uso straight. That was tremendous television, and that happened in the Thunderdome. So yeah. the fact that that happened in the Thunderdome and we were captivated with no audience goes to show you how great of a job Jay Uso, Paul Heyman, and Roman Reigns did in all of that. That was. Some of my best in the last, I would say, five years for WWE television. Great stuff. Great stuff, man. Speaking of uh, the changes that are happening to WWE under Triple H's leadership, everybody's wondering what is going to be done to SmackDown to really kind of, you know, set it at a level that right now Monday Night Raw is at. Because right now they still have some roster problems. There's a little bit of a, uh, 
uh, of a depth issue there. But a lot of people are like, well, the draft is coming up. And I was reading reports that the draft was coming up right after Clash, possibly middle of September, probably early October, when the ratings matter most for the TV networks. And that's what we've been given the last couple of years with WWE TV. Now, Jesse, the draft may not even be happening this year. And Fightful is reporting via their select, Fightful Select, uh, that many on the WWE roster were expecting the draft to take place after Clash. However, that doesn't seem to be anywhere near uh, the slam dunk that it was only a week ago. It's more like a half-court lob here with the draft. And what they mean by that is that several Raw talent that were booked for SmackDown are now unbooked for the SmackDown following Clash. Many stars had been told that the draft was likely taking place that week, but if it is, a significant number of crossover talent were not involved. Now, I mean, it could still take place, and if you guys remember, the draft under Vince McMahon, he had Raw superstars on SmackDown and SmackDown superstars on Raw, and nothing really made sense on those draft episodes. There were just matches taking place with people who were a part of their brand now and then just got drafted to the other brand, but we're still on this fucking other brand show. It was, it was crazy. It was ridiculous. But USA Network sources have told the talent that the draft isn't happening in the immediate future and have outright stated that after WrestleMania is a likelier landing spot for the draft. WWE had not officially announced the draft and hasn't given any confirmation to anybody about any dates and the talent hasn't been given a heads up about anything happening in the coming weeks. Um, so there's no listed date upcoming for the draft, Jesse. And this is something that people have talked about year over year over year. Why doesn't the draft take place after WrestleMania? It seems like Triple H is even taking that notion and giving it to us after WrestleMania to give that Monday Night Raw after Mania a true Monday Night Raw after Mania feel and really make it a hard reset for the entire company after WrestleMania because that's their biggest season. I mean, that's what they need to do, you know, but, you know, kind of like I'm in the belief right now and if Triple H has an idea or 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 um, uh, a pattern he's trying to follow or something he's trying to accomplish as in the regard in regards to the to the uh, rosters and everything like that. This is literally let it let me let it play out type deal because he hasn't really, he has not let us down creatively just yet. No. And I don't think he will. No. I don't think he will. So the draft, um, you know, uh, if you guys can see, read between the lines and see what uh, Triple H is doing, obviously he's bolstering the talent and the roster for SmackDown and Raw. He doesn't realistically need a draft right now, if you want to think about it. I mean, Monday Night Raw is in a good situation right now. They maybe add another one, another two. I think they're, I think they're fine. We haven't really got a sense of rinse and repeat in four weeks in Triple H's era. And the same thing goes for SmackDown, and that was a lot worse than Monday Night Raw was. I mean, we've seen rematches for fucking 17, 18, 19 straight weeks. They, they weren't doing anything right over there. And in the last four weeks, SmackDown has actually felt fresh, minus a little hiccup here and there with the women's division, which is not really going to be fixed overnight. But if you add some NXT talent that's ready to be called up, you know, and I'm hearing rumors of now Solo Sokoa being brought up right after Clash of the Castle. If you add Braun Breaker, who I think is going to lose to Tyler Bate, at the uh, World's Collide show. Braun Breaker's probably set for the main roster. Carmelo Hayes is going to be set for the main roster whenever he drops that North American title. Legato Del Fantasma would fit like a glove on SmackDown. Solo Sokoa, he'll probably end up joining uh, the Usos and Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Uh, you get LA Knight away from that fucking terrible Maximum Male Models. I mean, that's five key talents right there 
that would absolutely be a game-changing situation for SmackDown. So he doesn't realistically need a draft. He just needs some solid talent to really kind of get him from here to WrestleMania, and then he'll worry about it then, which gives him, right now we're in August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, seven months to plan for a draft and put people where they need to be and really change and make something feel different. No, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Again, it, I think the draft would be welcomed, and there's so much you can do with it, to be honest. And to be, to be honest, I think they, they should do it. But if they don't, and he has a different, you know, strategy for what he's going to do, then let's see it. You know, I, I, I can't sit here and be like, well, this is dumb. If he don't do the draft, then, you know, this is all going to fail. You know, it, let's see what he's got planned. If it's not making sense, you know, yeah, then we will definitely dissect that shit. But, you know, as of right now, man, he's got so much goodwill with the fans, he can do no wrong until he does, yeah. you know. All right, guys, that's your WWE portion of the show. Now we're going to move on to uh, the AEW stuff, which I know you guys are uh, eager to listen to and eager to find out about. I just got news on Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston. We had Eddie Kingston's portion of it, and Jesse just sent me Sammy Guevara's portion about it. So we'll get into that in just a second. But the ratings are in for Dynamite, Jesse. And I said last week, if Punk and Moxley and the hype of this match don't draw over a million... Tony Khan may have uh, shot himself in the foot here, man, and they uh, may start to lose the faith of the fans. AEW drew over 1 million with the Undisputed World title match last night between CM Punk and John Moxley. 1.049 million viewers. This was up from last week's 957,000 live viewers. And in the 18-49 to 49 demo, the show did a 0.34, which was up from a 0.30. Dynamite ranked number one in the cable top 150 shows for the night. Up from number two last week. And obviously everything surrounding that CM Punk John Moxley match for the unification of the world titles obviously helped. Um, I still believe, Jesse, and I uh, I know you do as well. Uh, it, it looks like that the ratings grab that Tony Khan was looking for, the whole uh, mentality behind this thing, might have been, hey, let's pop a rating for this thing and really get uh, get back on the right track here. Right, but the the downside to that is when you when you do fly by the seat of your pants booking like that to pop a rating, and then you disappoint in what you give us, we're gonna see that in next week's ratings. Yes, absolutely, we're gonna see that. So you popped your rating, great. How many but, how many people did he piss off last night? Is the fucking exactly. question. You, I mean, how many people feel like they were you know have they been baited and switched because they were you know, supposed to get a title, you know, unification match. And all they did was pretty much just put the titles on Moxley and leave. Yeah. You know, it's not the same thing. It's not, we don't physically want to see one champion. We want to see the match that gave us one champion. Yeah. You know, there was a lot that we, uh, that we went over in uh, last night's podcast. If you guys missed it, um, it's just over, just a little shy of three hours. Uh, you know, we talked about Moxley and Punk and, you know, Jesse was not happy with what happened last night. He didn't really think the match needed to be on last night's show. Um, I, I didn't either, but I, I was a little bit more understanding of the situation. I do think that it was a ratings ploy, number one. You know, and I do think that we're being worked at some point here. And the whole grab from last night's show was, hey, tune into next week's show to see what happens next week. Meltzer is out here thinking that the fucking match that we got last night is still going to be the main event for all out, Jesse. Did you hear that rumor? I saw something like that on Twitter, and I just kind of just swiped right on that one. I mean, it 
if they look, if they do it, I'm gonna continue to be pissed off about this whole build. You know, I mean, because it because it makes no sense. They just rematch this shit, dude. I really won't care about that match at all, not at all. And like Why you said last I? night, it's gonna be it, it, last night and disappointed the shit out of me. I don't want to see it again right now. And if CM Punk is really going heel as everybody thinks he is, it's gonna be very difficult to do that in Chicago unless they fucking have God, uh, you know, descend from the heavens and fucking deem CM Punk heel, and everybody has to fucking go along with it. I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. Does that no, include MJF? You know, you know, it's 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 funny, Jesse. You know, we talked about this earlier. You know, Moxley, the match was changed. We talked about this last that the match was changed. Moxley, this was Moxley's idea. Moxley wanted this match to happen on last night's show. AEW went with it. CM Punk went along with it. You know, and I said this to Jesse earlier in the day because we had a phone call earlier just to go over what happened last night with the show, and I said, how much of this decision from Moxley to beat Punk? How much of it stemmed from all of the locker room talk and all the locker room speculation that everybody's on different pages, that people aren't getting along, there's uneasiness and there's egos and, you know, there's just uh, just a civil war happening in the locker room. Jesse, how, how likely is it that Tony Khan saw all this and like you mentioned last night, you said word for word, maybe he's realized, realizing that giving CM Punk the world championship was the wrong move. So he, he, he took the title off of CM Punk put it on John Moxley, who is loved by everybody in that locker room, and he thought by putting the title on John Moxley that it would create this harmonious locker room again and everybody would be back on the same page. Because realistically, if you think about it, giving CM Punk the world title in his first year is going to upset a lot of people because there's a lot of people that have been there from day one. CM Punk comes back after eight years. He's making close to $5 million fucking dollars a year, and you're giving him the world championship? Like Jesse said last night, he doesn't need the world championship. He's the no. biggest fucking face of the company, and he's one of the biggest talents in all the industry. No. So was that decision made to make a harmonious locker room by putting the title back on Moxley? It, 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 it very well may have been. Um, the only downside to that is, is, again, the way it was done. Now, why was it done that way? What Was the match done that way because Punk can't go a full match? Okay, makes sense. Well, now you make me go back and say, well, why did we... Why did we have him come back? Why did we, if he was not ready to go, then why is he back? He should have just left them out. Was this pressure to, to pick up and amp up things on the show because of what Triple H is doing? So now we're back to this again. If Punk wasn't ready, then Punk shouldn't have come back. I mean, we can go back and say, well, Punk shouldn't have won and Punk shouldn't have beat Hangman and everything else. But at that point, it is what it is. So he was out with injury. He was hurt. I don't think he was well enough to go and do a full match. That's why we got the match we got last night. But if that's the case, why did you rush him back? You just got to, I mean, it would suck. But if he's going to miss all out, then he's just going to have to miss all out, man. Yeah, and it's, it's, it, it, it's a tough booking situation, too. And I know I alluded to this on a couple of Twitter spaces with my guy, Ticket Drew. I, I, I talked about this on my own show. You know, booking this match at All Out and only at All Out, I, you know, obviously we all understand where Jesse's coming from from last night and the great discussion that we had, but you got to look at it on the other side of things, on the other side of the fence. If you do this match one time at All Out and you give Moxley and Punk the main event in Chicago after what Moxley did for this world title run, you know, you're asking him to drop the title and drop everything he's worked hard for in the absence of CM Punk to put the title back on CM Punk. It's almost like disregarding him and what he's done. What would he have done after he loses the championship? He goes back to the Blackpool Combat Club to do what? What does he do? 
You know, you know, losing in Chicago and laying down to the hometown hero after you've carried the company on your back for two months in his absence is not really a good look, man. I know I'd be fucking pissed at that, too. Like, that's my fucking prize at the end of this whole fucking run? Dropping the title and being fucking cast off to the side using me? Yeah. Um, Dez Hill in the chat says not everything is Triple H. Bro, if, if, I, if I knew for 100% that it was definitely dumb because of Triple H, I would have said that. I'm speculating because I'm trying to figure out why he would pull some shit like this because it makes no sense. So that's why I'm speculating maybe it's because he's feeling pressure from WWE. It makes no sense. And also, it's not, it's not, it's not the normal MO that we've been getting from Tony Khan over the last three years in terms of booking. So I'm trying to figure out and throw things out there to try to maybe makes sense of why he would rush punk back why are we just throwing the title off of bro, punk onto mox why do you th- why are these things happening where they were not happening bro before? if people if people don't think tony khan is a little rattled by what triple h is doing right now they're a fucking fool i don't know tk i don't know anybody in that locker room but i would be a betting man to say that people are feeling the heat in that locker room from the from the hot streak that wwe is on because Fucking six weeks ago, they were at the bottom of the barrel fucking laughing stock of the industry. Now, everybody's singing their fucking praises and feeling this new renewed sense of enthusiasm over there. Yeah. This, is, this is like a bit. This is I'm going to I'm going to put this in baseball terms. You know, I felt fucking defeated when the Braves got fucking swept. Basically, it's it City Field four out of five games and they were sitting eight and a half fucking games back at uh, out of first place. Now, now yeah. it's August 25th and they're one and a half games out of first place again. So the Braves are hot. The Mets are cold again. This is flip-flopping back and forth. You know, the Mets are feeling the heat because they got the Braves rocking right in their rearview mirror. Tony Khan was realistically in first place. Tony Khan was the Mets. Now, now Tony Khan is the Mets, and he's got fucking WWE, you know, breathing up his ass. Yeah. You know, and and I would I would I would say to to I would say to Des Hill here, I would say, look, man, a few months ago, you know, a year ago, two years ago. When Tony Khan and AEW was, you know, in, in the eye of all of the fans as in being the savior, you know, of pro wrestling, uh, you can see it in Tony Khan's interviews, you know, the cockiness and then the questioning, and, you know, and everything else. He knew that he was on top of the wrestling business as far as the fans were concerned creatively. I mean, he, he knew it. Now... Now that things are going awry, he has all of these reports of the hostility going on in this locker room. He has Triple H out there fucking potentially, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, accordingly uh, to, to others. Allegedly, he is trying to poach and tamper with his talent. They're putting on better shows. If you think that all of this stuff is not bouncing around in this man's head, then rethink that for a second, man. Maybe it's not on the maybe it's not the only reason that he does everything, but the fact that Triple H is now in good favor with a lot of the uh people on his roster, now that a lot of people on his roster would rather go back because they're not satisfied where they are, now that WWE is putting on better television, all of these things play a factor. And if they don't, then I would I would question the competitiveness of Tony Khan. They should play a factor, and I think that they do. So maybe that was the reason why he rushed Punk back so soon. Breadman, Breadman in the chat says TK was never the Mets. They were never ahead. Yes, they were. They were ahead earlier this year, right when Cody decided to get up and leave and show up at WrestleMania. They were ahead. Yeah. They were putting on great television from 
you know, last summer to uh, all the way to full gear into Revol Revolution was one of their best shows ever. That happened in yes. February. The drop-off yes. is significant. The quality of television has not been good since yes. since that. I mean, it's been fine. I mean, it's 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 good. It's not like it's terrible. It's not like Monday Night Raw last year. But, yeah. I mean, the quality of the writing is definitely not the same as it was even going into Revolution this year. So, yes, they were ahead. Yeah. They were the better show. They still... They still right now. I wouldn't say it's the better show, but they're a little bit more even now than they were four, six, four, you know, six, seven weeks ago. They were, they were, and and again, I want to make sure people understand. We know, we know who the mega juggernaut is as far as financially and as far as you know reach across the globe when it comes to pro wrestling. We know WWE is a household name. We get that. Um, we're talking about the quality of the television shows and pay per views that the fans want to see and you can see the complaints up and down social media about how they hate everything going on in wwe you can see how the fans are loving everything happening in AEW. now we can now see the tides are starting to shift there is dissension in the locker rooms triple h is now in charge um potential poaching and tampering and everything else. And now we got this punk situation and this Thunder Rosa situation and Britt Baker situation. You can clearly see things are changing. The momentum is not as clear as day as it was a year ago. It's different. Breadman says in a follow-up, they aren't evaluated by quality. They are evaluated by ratings. That's false. They are evaluated by quality. They're not, they're, they're, not the, they're not supposed to be reevaluated by ratings. That's what as the long as care it, about. It, yeah. I mean, you, so, you, as a fan, you care about the quality of the show because the rating is poor. So, D yeah. Dynamite Dynamite doesn't do a million viewers like the fucking rest of these incels online thing. It's a bad show. I don't understand yeah. that logic. Why do you give a fuck about the rating? It's obviously been the better show. This was before Triple H took over. It was obviously the better show. Now, they're yeah. a little bit more even. They are evaluated by quality because that's what people have come to expect from AEW. And they put on some of the best shows of the entire year with Revolution, with Double or Nothing, with Forbidden Door. Of course they're yeah. measured by quality. Nobody gives a fuck about their ratings. The only people that give a fuck about their ratings are the people who go out on Twitter and make stupid fucking clips bringing the company down. Yeah, yeah. As a fan, you know, I don't want to sit here and look at a show and say, oh, this, I don't like it, but at least the ratings are up, so I'm happy. I, I, don't, I don't get paid off the ratings of the show, you know, and neither do, neither do the other fans. We don't care what the ratings are. Now... I would love the ratings to be high so that they can continue to keep their deal and continue to put on great television. But we've always said when you put on compelling television, the ratings will come and people will come. And we just got done talking about how Survivor Series has sold out. People are seeing the change and now people will come. They don't what have to I've been preaching for years, quality over quantity. The TV shows do good. You book a fucking TV show that people want to watch. People are going to be, I've been preaching this for years. People are going to be more apt to go and spend money to go watch the show live. Yep. It's not that difficult to understand. With Triple H running the show, Survivor Series sold out. With, you know, Triple H potentially, maybe, I, I'm, I've been saying this, I haven't heard anybody else say, it. maybe we get a War Games match. Maybe that's hanging on people's minds. Imagine we get a War Games match at Survivor Series. Man. I mean. It, WrestleMania. Is, is, is I'm excited for a Royal Rumble case. season and a WrestleMania season booked by Triple H. I haven't Wrestle felt WrestleMania season in fucking over a decade. Yeah. Wrestle WrestleMania tickets are flying off the fucking shelf, dude. 100,000 WrestleMania tickets have been sold. They're estimating at least 65,000 per night with the stage setup. 
Man. So realistically, WrestleMania is on its way to selling out before the end of the year, before before Halloween. That's the change that that's the change that everyone wants to see. I want to see ticket sales go up because when I watch my live TV shows, I want to see a packed, hype, fucking crazy ass crowd. So when I see ticket sales are selling out, that means true fans are buying that shit and they're going to pack it up and they're going to give us a great TV show. Yeah. The ratings mean nothing to me, to you, or to anyone watching us right now. Who gives a flying fuck, bro? The only ratings that matter are the one Tony Khan gets on his fucking desk every Wednesday afternoon. That's it. That's the only person that fucking looks at the ratings and matters to him. And then want to meet him. They need to care. Look, the higher-ups, the people who make the money, the people who spend the money, the sponsors, they care about the ratings. TK's job is to give us the quality television. Triple H's job is to give us the quality television so that people will then watch more and then the ratings will go up. Simple, plain and fucking simple, man. Ratings will go up when the show gets better. If the show gets better, I'm happy. Me too. Me too. So, I mean, that's uh, that's the rating for Dynamite. You know, that, that's a whole nother fucking can of worms. They did a million. Uh, it's uh, not about what the rating was last night now. It's about what's going into next week's show and what the rating is going to be coming out of next week's show. Did uh, what he did on Wednesday night show, did it have an effect on people watching the show next week or are people more interested now to see what's going on with CM Punk? Only time is going to tell. So... Tony Khan held the mandatory talent meeting. We talked about this last night. Uh, Kenny Omega was uh, very vocal in this meeting, according to sources. Uh, It was uh, more of a tough love speech from Kenny Omega, and uh, some people thought it was tough love. Uh, Another small group of people in the back reportedly thought it was Kenny Omega bringing the hammer down on them specifically. So Kenny Omega is an EVP with the Bucks. So obviously he spoke uh, at the meeting. Jericho spoke at the meeting. So with the talent meeting... We got all this bullshit coming out of last night's show. Uh, just one thing after another unraveled. We got Eddie Kingston. We find out is, is fucking suspended. He he just finished serving a two-week suspension secretly. He got into an altercation with Sammy Guevara. Then we see Thunder Rosa relinquish the AEW Women's Championship. We're going to get an interim women's champion at the pay-per-view at All Out. So she's stepping down. People were saying immediately that she was suspended. So I guess we'll start off with the Eddie Kingston stuff, Jesse, and then we'll get into the Thunder Rosa stuff. Eddie Kingston had been suspended by AEW. He actually commented on his own suspension. Sammy Guevara just now to Fightful Select gave a quote, and he said to Fightful that he wants to be quoted. He requested to be quoted directly on this matter. So let's start with Eddie Kingston. Fightful Select reports that Eddie Kingston was mad because Sammy Guevara hadn't spoken with Eddie or cleared the content of a promo that ended up being edited off a show. The two had not conversed since the Blood and Gut show, where Kingston threw Sammy off the cage. We've heard that Kingston had asked to work with Sammy, who didn't have people exactly angling to work with him after his feud with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Now, I'm going to stop there. Now, I don't know why people would not want to work with Sammy Guevara. Jesse, does this have anything to do with the way he's been behaving with Tay Conti? Possibly. I highly doubt that. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I mean, me and like, and, and a lot of other fans were, you know, getting sick of, you know, what they were doing as far as a couple and how they went about it. But um, once they're 100% heel in what they do, 
There's nothing wrong with working with Sammy and that stick. He's a fucking heel. He's going to get booed. If you're a baby face, you're going to get more over because of him. It's, it's great heel stuff coming from Sammy in that regard. So yeah. that wouldn't deter me from wanting to work with Sammy. Well, you know, I've seen, I've seen things and I heard things today that Kingston, you know, hates Sammy Guevara, doesn't like him, genuinely doesn't like him. But here, Fightful and Sean Ross Sapp are saying Kingston actually requested to work with Sammy coming out of yeah, the blood, makes- blood and gut show. It would, make, it would make sense. The heat that Sammy and Tay are getting right now and how over Eddie Kingston is as yeah. a baby face, it would be a great dynamic. So, so all right, so, so you know, reading between the lines here, you know, they may not like each other, but they were, they, you know, Kingston was being professional enough to say, you know what, we got money here, we got heat here, so let, yeah. let's, let's put aside our differences for this and let's get this thing going. So I, so they, I, 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 I they, can appreciate that. Did they have differences before this? Or did I don't, the differences I, I, just I, come up? I don't know. So, I mean, let me let me continue on because it go it goes into what, uh, you know, was off limits as far as promo stuff. Uh, Fightful says, though, that those that we spoke to said there were some pretty clear parameters set on Sammy Guevara's feuds and promos to not mention his ex-fiance, which we're told has never come up or been pitched anyway. The original plan was for Eddie Kingston to win at All Out, which, I mean, I guess that goes without saying. I mean... Eddie Kingston would need to to get the victory over over uh, Sammy Guevara. I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, Jesse. I mean, I, either either one of them, you know, how do you feel about the the, the outcome there? Kingston over Guevara or Guevara over Kingston? Seeing what we got go out of either way, guns. it can go either way. I mean, you know, it, it's not like you know the 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 babyface has to win all the time. It can go either way. Sammy is a is a is a credible talent in the ring, and people love seeing him wrestle. Yeah. Um. It doesn't have to be the end of the feud. It, I mean, Sammy could win this one and they can continue it. It's, it's no big either way. As long as as, as the feud that matches booked well, I mean, the outcome didn't really matter to me. Yeah. So in the edited in the edited out promo, Sammy Guevara referred to Kingston as a fat piece of shit, which Kingston took exception to as he felt it buried the match if a fat piece of shit beat him. Why would why would Eddie be pissed if Sammy is beat by a fat piece of shit. Now, and now, if if the if the if the end game was for Sammy to win, and you're calling me a fat piece of shit and running me down, then I gotta lose. Then I could understand being upset about it. But if you're going to win, I mean, I don't understand what the big deal is about how he's running you down. If, if at the end of the day. You're going to kick his ass and come out on top. Sammy Guevara referred to Kingston as a fat piece of shit, which Kingston took exception to because he felt it buried the match if a fat piece of shit beat him. You know, it may, I get what you're saying, but it sounds like to me, Eddie Kingston is actually trying to do both of them right here. And he felt like the match maybe took a hit as far as believability if he said that. So it's not like he took offense to, you know, Sammy Guevara calling him a fat piece of shit. He probably hears that all the time, how, how out of shape he is and this and that, which is fucking nonsense. Eddie Kingston's just well, fine. But he felt he felt more about the match, which to me, Jesse, kind of puts him in that professional sense that he just wanted to do right by both of them, and he felt Sammy kind of kind of ruined that by, by his language well, here. Well, let me pause you right there for a second. So Here's what I and, and again, man, this is what I do here. I, I come and I'm I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna be real with you, man. And in the in the overall situation, you know, I'm behind Eddie Kingston on this one, you know, but so just dealing with what we what we just said right there, 
Eddie coming out and saying that, oh, I'm pissed because you you buried the match. I, that, that sounds like a narrative that Eddie put out there to make it sound like that he's out there looking for the betterment of all of us instead of being uh, being selfish and just thinking about himself. For instance, remember when Stone Cold walked away from the Brock Lesnar match and took his ball and went home? Yeah. And later on, Austin said, well, I don't understand why I'm losing to Brock, you know, on TV. You know, it's a money match. I don't mind putting him over. I would have put him over. I don't mind putting him over, but it should be at a pay-per-view, not on TV. Now, that sounds like you're being a team player, like you want to get the most money out of the match. But the rumor backstage was Austin didn't want to put Brock over because he Stone Cold has always been notoriously fearful of his spot and protective of his spot on the roster. So instead of saying, I don't want to lose to this guy and lose my spot, the PR thing to say is, I think it should be on a bigger platform and be at a pay-per-view. It's bullshit. You just didn't want to fucking lose to Brock Lesnar and you fucking know it. You know? That's why you took your ball and went home. So if Eddie comes out and says, yeah, um, I think it should be like this because, you know, it'll be better for both of us, that sounds better than saying, I'm upset about how he treated me. It makes him sound selfish. The, the story that came out is the more PR story for Eddie. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't I don't think Eddie cares so much about having Sammy look better in the feud so that it almost went to blows because of what he said. It sounds like he took offense to what he said, which is fine, which is fine, but it just sounds like he just did not like the tone or the way that Sammy came off when he said what he said. Oh, there's more to this. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. And, and yes, you are correct. I, I, I believe that uh, that is not the grounds for a fucking suspension as of yet. Yeah. At all. The crux of the frustration, however, um, was how Sammy Guevara followed up with this after being perceived as difficult working with Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Sanjay Dutt in months prior. Now, I don't know anything about that. I mean, that whole situation was a fucking disaster because it revolved around the TNT title and there was a lot of flux around the TNT title. So, I mean, if he's difficult to work with, you know, we as a fan base were difficult to fucking listen to because we probably all have the same gripes as they for the TNT title. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. After that, we're told that Kingston had yelled at Sammy Guevara, who smiled at him. Kingston responded by pie-facing Guevara. Sammy ended up being incredibly unhappy with this, and Kingston was suspended for two weeks. He pie-faced Guevara, and he was suspended for two weeks. All because, all, a, I'm sorry, all because of a fat piece of shit comment. Yeah, if you want to get into a verbal spat with your coworkers backstage, it happens. They're pro wrestlers, dude. Testosterone runs high. Whatever. Um, if you were the one that initiated physical contact and there was no retaliation in it and it was just you, that sounds like, you know, grounds for a suspension, if you ask me. I mean, it, it lays the groundwork for this, for this happening in the future. If you guys have discussions or disagreements, let's take it up, let's fix it and whatever. But the second you start putting your hands on somebody, you know, outside of the context of this show, then that should be a suspendable offense. You don't want people backstage just fighting it out. Sammy Guevara was not suspended. Hmm? Sammy, Sammy Guevara was not suspended. He wasn't Doc Pay or anything. He actually wrestled on Rampage last night, which you guys can go find the spoilers online. All right. So Kingston was suspended. 
We don't know if it was with pay or without pay. Pie face Guevara. Sammy ended up being unhappy. Kingston was gone for two weeks. So Kingston, Fightful reached out to Kingston, who got a word in from Eddie Kingston. And he says, I was wrong. That was all. So PW Insider then followed this up. And Kingston commented on the suspension with them. He says, and I quote, you know the truth. I wouldn't lie. I was wrong for being unprofessional. That is the blind fact. He did what he did. And the public can judge that. But I know for a fact I was wrong, end quote. He may have been right in his gripe and his dispute, but he, the only thing he was really wrong in is putting his hands on someone like that. And he apologized for it. And he apologized for Publicly it. Publicly apologized for it. So now we can move on and we can leave this and let the fucking water flow under the bridge. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get this match. Maybe we'll get this match. I mean, they, they, I don't think they're going anywhere as far as, uh, you know, uh, a storyline on television. So... Maybe uh, maybe all of this is a learning lesson. We'll get this uh, back on track on Dynamite after All Out. So, yeah. um, with Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara is, uh, he got a, a quote here from Fightful. Fightful's got a quote on Sammy Guevara. So, apparently, Sammy Guevara issued the following to Fightful after the report on Eddie Kingston, which I just read to you. He says, and I quote, As a professional, you communicate things that you don't want to be said like other people I've seen in programs with and have worked with, like Matt Hardy, Jericho, and others. And I did communicate of what I didn't want to be said in this angle, and Eddie did not. But Eddie did not do the same, and Eddie did not mention to me, or the coaches, or TK, or anyone in AEW, what he didn't want said. So after Tay's and my match with Sky Blue and Dante, I cut a promo on Eddie, insulting Eddie and the fans as a heel which I know the thing everybody loves to do is hate me and Tay, so I'm the perfect person to play this asshole character for Eddie to ultimately beat at All Out. I see what people say online about Eddie and his appearance, which anyone who legitimately shames Eddie for how he looks can go to hell. It's the same people who shame me for being too small. So Guevara, the Sammy Guevara character, I could be the physical person playing that person that Eddie can shut up at All Out. But Eddie did not do the professional thing and communicate with me which if he did, I would have never said it because the last thing I want to do is hurt someone for real. So after the promo, I get to the back and Eddie is flipping out yelling, you can't call me fat, over and over and over again as I'm trying to walk down the stairs in Gorilla making a big scene. People get between us. Eddie tries to pie face me and he more like touches my face. It was weird. And everyone backs everyone up. It was unfortunate because this promo was on a tape show and easily could have been edited which they ended up doing anyways. I know this isn't Eddie's first time being aggressive and getting out of control backstage. I know he's had to do some kind of anger management after this whole thing. The whole thing was very unnecessary, but it is what it is. Live and learn, I guess. On to the next. Sounds like Sammy was very, you know, it goes in line just what we just talked about from the Eddie Kingston report. It sounds like it was just a complete miscommunication. Things got out of hand. Things were yeah. rectified, and I hope everybody moves forward. Eddie Kingston was very professional, and I thought this was a very professional statement from Sammy Guevara. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from, look, if this story, you know, turns out to, you know, to be true as it's come out per the words of Sammy and Eddie Kingston, um, I think, and Eddie has also said himself, I think Eddie was in the wrong in what he did. Um, clearly, Sammy hit a nerve. I don't, I don't feel that Sammy was malicious in his statements. He is a heel. It's his job to go out there and be a dick, you know? So he could have said anything to 
you know, be mean and Eddie could have taken it the wrong way. But if, but like Sammy said, you know, you you never told me that my weight is off limits or this is off limits. And I just said, forget you, I'm going to do it any damn way. You know, that would be wrong on Sammy. But from, from what his statement says, if this is all true and from what Eddie says and he apologizes and everything else, it sounds like, it sounds like Sammy didn't do anything wrong. No. And I, apo- and, and, I apologize. And Eddie admits that he went too far. And I apologize for maybe saying, you know, Sammy should be suspended. If Eddie Kingston's suspended and they got into a fist fight, why, is it, why isn't Sammy Guevara suspended? Now we know the whole story. So yeah. I, I take back what I said last night, and I apologize for uh, maybe being out of uh, context there. But it sounds like Sammy Guevara gave a very professional statement here. He manned up to it. Um, they both were very open about what had happened here. They don't yeah. want any bad blood between uh, each other like that to a point where they can't work with each other and then put a bad name on the company and the backstage atmosphere after you know everything's being reported. So, you know, kudos to them for for really, uh, you know, dying down this situation. Yes. I mean, it, it sounds like this, this was a misunderstanding. It was taken too far. Um, punishments were levied. It looks like hands were shaken, and it looks like this should be put to rest. It looks like this should be over. Yes. This should so. be over. I see where everybody's coming from. There's nothing more to look into because the guys have come forward with their statements. They all make sense. They all click in what they were saying. Um, Eddie is, you know, said where he went wrong. You know, I mean, it's okay to disagree. Hey, you know, what the fuck? I don't like what you said out there. You know, then, uh, you know, I'm sorry, bro. You know, but putting your hands on somebody when you're not supposed to is unacceptable in any work environment. Yeah. You can't do that. Even in professional wrestling, if it's not a part of the show, Keep your hands off people. That's, that's that's disrespectful, bro. Yeah, yeah. This isn't. We said we said this last night. It's not high school. Just fucking talk it out. You know, if uh, if things get out of line, you know, this is what talent relations and management is backstage for. So, yeah. Uh, I hope uh, I hope everything is well there, and we move forward from this. And that's one less headache that the locker room has to worry about. Yeah. The other big thing is Thunder Rosa, and all this stuff about Thunder Rosa coming out of last night. I know Jesse read an article. I don't know if you got got it pulled up, Jesse. The Voices of Wrestling thing. I wanna, I wanna kind of cross reference with what they said last night. Which, just looking at it and looking back at it, was ninety eight percent bullshit. So, if you got that pulled up, I want to cross reference with uh, what I'm about to read to you here about Thunder Rosa and this supposed Jamie Hader heat. They said in their report last night that Thunder Rosa broke Jamie Hader's nose and that Thunder Rosa was hiding in the bathroom because of uh, her being fearful that Jamie Hayter was going to come beat her ass in the bathroom. I mean, all of this is ridiculous. People were saying Thunder Rosa is suspended and then not hurt. I mean, even we insinuated that it did come across that way until we actually got to the bottom of the situation. So Jesse's got that pulled up there. I want to read to you what Fightful had reported today on Thunder Rosa following last night's uh, relinquishing of the AEW Women's Championship. She will be a champion until... You know, she comes back, and then we'll get the interim versus uh, real champion unifying the title. So that's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's where they're going. There's another interim champion crowned it all out. So Thunder Rosa is not competing. And apparently, Jesse, Thunder Rosa has significant heat with a large portion of the people that are in the locker room. Sources tell Fightful, okay? Fightful can confirm Voices of Wrestling's report that indicates that Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa cannot stand each other with that having been the case for well over a year. Still, the two attempted to remain professional and work with each other from what Fightful was told. 
they remain open to doing so for the sake of simply doing their jobs. However, Jamie Hayter has also developed heat with Thunder Rosa after she got her nose broken in a match recently. Much of the heat on Rosa has emerged from her working stiff in the ring. Word emerged shortly before Dynamite that Thunder Rosa was injured and wouldn't be competing at All Out. Fightful Select has gained word that the original plan was for Tony Storm to emerge victorious and win the AEW Women's title at All Out. Now she'll compete for the interim AEW Women's title against Sheeta, Baker, and Jamie Hayter. We have not learned of the creative plan set for the title at All, now, All Out now with the Fatal 4-Way. We've had talents contact us on both sides regarding Rosa, with many saying that she's worked hard to get other young women and talent booked, and others that perceive her as developing an ego and being difficult to work with. Those that we've talked to uh, to work with her at Mission Pro Wrestling have said positive things about her leadership when she is around. We've been unable to confirm their reports that Thunder Rosa hid in the bathroom after Jamie Hader's spot. Rosa is said to have been injured, but the actual injury was detailed today by Mike Johnson, a PW insider. She has bulging discs in her back with a timetable for return right now that is unknown, which is not a good thing if you have bulging discs in your back. You got a bad back, Jesse. You're not going to be able to do anything as far as a fucking wrestling match is concerned. Now, with... Let's start at the top. The, the, the Voices of Wrestling report, bro. I mean, what did they get right in that report from what you and I know and the sources that I have, which will remain anonymous, the sources that I have that I told you before the stream today, how much of their report did they get right? So, of this report, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker can't stand each other described as mortal enemies. That is true. Very true. Very very true. They have nuclear heat with each other. Um, and it is look, it is it is based on um Britt Baker and the way that she conducts herself backstage. Um it's come off that she has she has put herself in the position to be completely entitled and spoiled. And 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 just has to get her way with things. We'll explain a little bit later. Um, Jamie Hayter also has heat with Thunder Rosa. Now, there was an incident in the ring where apparently, you know, something happened, and uh, and Jamie Hayter's nose was broken. I'm assuming this was the match with Tony Storm and and and, and Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker in that tag team match that uh, happened yeah. a couple weeks ago on Dynamite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Now, keep in mind, they've had nuclear heat, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, long before this match. Yes. Long before this match. Now, Jamie Hayter also hates Thunder Rosa. Is that true? Maybe. And I'll explain why. There was no heat between Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa. There was the incident of the nose and everything else, but now... If Jamie Hayter has, quote-unquote, heat with Thunder Rosa in regards to that spot, and by the way, guys, if you don't know, spots happen, mistakes happen, things happen in this regard in the ring, all right? But it appears that Britt Baker may have may have projected a lot of her heat and hatred into her friend, you know, on the roster, Jamie Hayter. And when you got somebody in your ear constantly telling you, you know, this person is this, this person is that, and then something, a mistake like this happens in the ring, 
it might lead you to then start, you know, having heat with that person. But there is no back and forth heat between Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa. If, the, if 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 Jamie Hayter has an issue with Thunder Rosa, it's there because Britt Baker put. Of course, and then that's just common fucking sense, bro. I mean, Jamie Hayter yeah. and Britt Baker share a fucking locker room together. They're on screen partners together. So the influence of you know, little fucking bluebird whispering in your ear is going to be fucking obviously a huge influence over you. Hey, I don't like this bitch. She yeah. sucks. I can't fucking stand her. You know, this is what I think of her. How much of that is Jamie Hayter listening and then taking that from Britt Baker and then believing everything that she's saying? Yes, exactly, exactly, and that and that's the whole point. Yeah, you um, you would think you would think that 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 Big E would hate Ridge Holland for breaking his fucking neck and ending his career, man. But here we right. got we got Jamie Hayter getting a broken nose, which she's wrestled in in Japan. God knows what other fucking bones she's broken right. over there. Does she fucking hate everybody that she worked with over there too? I mean, give me a right. fucking break with this nonsense. Right now, it might you know to people listening to it might. Jamie Hayter's like, the most stiffest one in the locker room. You see the way she wrestles. Holy yeah, shit! Man, I mean, I mean, the most is stiff. You have you seen Jamie Hayter work? They, I mean, beat the shit out of each other out there in the ring. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, dude, it makes the match look that much more believable. I love it. I love it. You but know? there are boundaries. I mean, obviously, they're professionals. They're, they're gonna, ta- they're gonna take proper care of each other. But don't take liberties. You don't take liberties with each other. You know, you know, by any means. And no one here is accusing anyone of that here. So it just seemed that there was an incidental contact issue. And instead of it being like, hey, you know, my bad, you know, move on. When you get somebody, you no, know, it might sound like, yeah, you know, this is kind of far-fetched to believe because it sounds kind of childish of Britt Baker to be just talking to someone's ear like that. Unfortunately, guys, there's that much heat. There's that much heat between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. So Chris Jericho had his nose broken from Eddie Kingston. Brian yeah. Danielson got a fucking concussion from Jericho and Hager at the Anarchy match. I mean, if this yep. was a fucking issue, everybody would be fucking hating everybody else. Everybody, all, everybody in the locker room. All the time. Like you just said, if 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 you know Rich Holland does not have a heat with for fucking Big E, then no one should have, you know. What I'm I saying? mean, then yes. <laughs> I mean, it happens. <laughs> it, Such a ridiculous um, fucking story, man. It fucking happens. Now, if now if Rich Holland had somebody in his ear telling him how much of a piece of shit that, you know, or or or, or Big E had someone in his ear telling him how much of a piece of shit that Rich Holland is, and he probably did it on purpose, and you can't, he's too fucking stiff and everything else, that might, you know, sway someone's opinion about somebody, yes. man. Yes. So Joe Lanza is speculating that Thunder Rosa isn't injured and was just sent away to cool things off. I've seen reports that says Thunder Rosa was sent home because of this incident. 100% false. So Thunder Rosa, Mike Johnson reported today, bulging discs in her back. She is injured. 100%. She is 100% injured. How long she will be out, we don't know. It could be a month. It could be two months. It could be three months. She could be out six months, nine months. We don't know. Yeah. It looks like like she's going to be out at least two months. At least two months. And two months is a long time to be without your women's champion. So, yes, I mean, Tony Khan is on his interim kick. But, I mean, you need a world champion on television. So, the injury is significant enough that they asked her to drop the title. And Thunder Rosa is big on quality. And she doesn't want to defend the fucking title and then have it hamper her work and the quality of her work. That's not what she does. Yet, Britt Baker was out there. On Dynamite last night, Jesse, saying, you know, a real champion would wrestle with a broken wrist like I did. You know, I mean, I don't know anybody there, but Jesus fucking Christ, bro. We said it last night. If that wasn't a shoot, I mean, I'd love for somebody to fucking reach out to me and tell me it wasn't a goddamn shoot because it certainly sounded like one. Well, turns out you were right. 
um, that is a shoot, and it appears that Britt Baker has been taking liberties on a live microphone um, and pertains to her shots that she's fired at Thunder Rosa, meaning these things were not cleared ahead of time, not put there strategically to, you know, further a feud or a match. They were just done because Britt Baker can apparently do what she wants. So basically what I said last night, she is the, she is the Charlotte Flair of the AW women's division. That is, that is the, that is the vibe that I'm getting from your source. Yes. Charlotte Flair is the biggest politicker, no matter how much she wants to paint herself in a good picture. Yeah. Britt Baker is following in the footsteps of, uh, of Charlotte Flair. Charlotte, I said this about Charlotte Flair for years. She is not for the division. She's only for building herself up. And that is it. None of those women, most of those women do not care about the locker room. It may be different now on the Triple H, but you know, this yeah. is what they, this is what they fucking sabotage Sasha Banks over Bailey. There's not one single fucking woman there that gave a shit about the division only themselves. And this is what I was told personally from people then when they, cried about the fucking titles at WrestleMania, losing them to the Iconics. People were making, you know, you know, hits on Sasha Banks. She's selfish, and she's a crybaby, and she's this and that. Sasha Banks and Bayley were the only two women that showed up to watch the fucking main event with Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda. They're alive in attendance. Where was everybody else? Where was everybody, where was everybody else? They didn't give a fuck. Britt Baker sounds like, to me, that she's the same type of fucking person. Where Thunder Rosa wants to build a division and make a better division and fucking care about the division, Britt just wants to give a shit about Britt. And the division should revolve around her, and she doesn't want to put over any talent. That's not somebody that should be leading that locker room. I'm sorry. And the fact that she's taking liberties on the promo, you know, who's to say, Jesse, that, you know, something was given to her to say she didn't like it. She went back to management and the political poll that she has backstage, she didn't lobby to get it changed. And behind Thunder Rosa's back, we don't fucking know. If she's got well, that many liberties. Well, we 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 do. We do because everyone remembers the infamous sandbagging report, story, promo, t-shirt, all of that stuff, right? Yep. So um here's the word. Well, let's let's start with this one. So after she broke Jamie Hader's nose on dynamite, Rosa hid in the bathroom in fear of getting her ass kicked. <laughs> Now, 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 wait, now, wait, now, wait, now, wait, now, wait. Oh, man. Now, wait. Uh, who's hold this on. guy? Who's this guy's name? He's a fucking comedian over there, Voices of Wrestling. Uh, hold on. Now. An MMA fighter in Thunder Rose yeah. is scared she's going to get a raspy. Now, now, when we, when we read oh, their man. report last night, right away, our fucking intelligent fucking fans in the chat right away pointed out Wait a minute. You telling me a trained MMA fighter is hiding in the bathroom and hiding from Britt fucking Baker of yeah, right. fear of getting her ass kicked? Yeah, right. So we didn't buy and I got, that. Uh, I got I got Tony Storm coming over for fucking sausage and yeah. meatballs and fucking uh, pasta later. Get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, yeah. We didn't buy that off the bet. And then later last night after, you know, we read this, there was reports saying how she, yeah, that she was in the bathroom crying and, you know, hiding in fear of getting her ass kicked. So, here's the truth on that one. And and apparently, yeah, after she broke her nose, she went, after she broke her nose, did she go to the bathroom? Yes. All right? She went to the goddamn bathroom. How dare you? Now, 
she did not go to the bathroom to hide from anyone. And Thunder Rosa was not in the bathroom in fear of getting her ass kicked by anyone. And here's and here's also another thing about Britt Baker. So a lot of the stories, you know, the, the stories that are coming out of the locker room in regards to Thunder Rosa have apparently come from and been leaked by the person that does not like her, Britt Baker herself. Wow, man. It sounds like Sasha <laughs> Banks all over again, bro. Remember when, remember when Alexa was leaking Sasha Banks fucking bad news to Ryan Satin? Yes. Oh, my goodness, man. How the fucking uh, world goes round and round. Color yes. me shocked. So... Was she in the bathroom and 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 not having a not having a good evening? She went to the bathroom to remove herself from a situation that she felt was gonna get volatile and she wanted to be alone, so she went to a bathroom. Someone leaked that, oh, she's in a bathroom crying because she does not want to get her ass kicked. Now does not does that report so that, that report exists? I saw that report that she was in the bathroom crying because she didn't want to get her ass kicked. Does that sound logical? No. Does it sound like some petty shit that someone who's just spreading bullshit on purpose would put out there? It really does, yes. And who does Thunder Rosa have nuclear heat with? It's, I mean, I'm, 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 under, it's a certain, I'm under the... It's a certain dentist. It. And it's not Isaac Yankum. We've been... We've been made to be put under the belief that a lot of these leaked stories are coming from Britt Baker herself. The whole sandbagging thing, okay? The the match that Thunder Rosa had with Marina Shafir. First off, Marina Shafir is terrible in the ring. We all know that. The match that they had was not good. We all know that. It had nothing to do with Thunder Rosa sandbagging her. We now know that. That report came from the dentist herself. She is also in the ear of Marina Shafir along with Jamie Hayter. Now, the report of Thunder Rosa sandbagging, that was leaked by Britt Baker. Now, the promo itself where where they came out and then Britt Baker used the word sandbag in the promo. That line was fought by Thunder Rosa to be removed. She did not want that line in the promo. They went to TK and TK overruled it and let it go. Wow, man. Political poll working its magic, man. <laughs> Color me fucking shocked. Let it fucking go. He had someone, he had someone, not just someone, his goddamn women's champion come to him and say, hey, I'm not okay with this line being here. And they discussed it, went back and forth a little bit, and then she was overruled and then had to go in because Britt Baker lobbied for it. So it went in. Now, if you also remember, Thunder Rosa came out with a T-shirt that said sandbagging on it. Yes, I remember that. Right. That was... Thunder Rosa's idea in an attempt to take the power away from Britt Baker from using that term on her like that. Because in, 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 a, in a way, in a term, in a sense, Britt Baker is bullying her on a live microphone using that sandbagging thing, having all the fans think 
that this is fucking legit, that this is real, and it's not. So she she did that upon herself to try to own it, to 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 own it and take that power away from Britt Baker because just going to management didn't work. I see. I'm just I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fucking uh the little line there that Britt Baker still wanted in that promo and wanted to include in that promo that Rosa did not want, but it got approved by Tony Khan anyway. And I'm here thinking, you know, this is what causes dissension in your fucking locker room when you choose yes. favorites. Yes. Why, why, why is no, it sounds like, it sounds like nobody, it sounds like the women's champion is beneath the rest of the locker room. Nobody's being treated as equal here. Well, you ever wonder why when you turn into professional sports games, basketball games, all-star games, football games, baseball games, and when you see AEW talent go there, you know, to promote their brand and promote their business, you see a, a certain consistency of which people are going on these, on these um, ventures. And they seem to be the same little group of people and not the current women's champion, but instead, Britt Baker. Was she at the Comic-Con with Punk? I believe so, right? I don't know. I think so. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She's been in the yeah. video game trailer, right? Yeah. She was in the video game trailer with Tony Schiavone. Yeah. I saw her, I saw her at a basketball game with, with TK. Like at a, like I think it was like what, maybe the All Star game something like that. It was a high profile game. Man, favoritism is a is a fucking bitch, really. I mean, you you can't you can't be owner of the fucking company and show favoritism like that and then neglect everybody no. else. I mean, that's no. I, if if someone has an idea for, to be put into a promo or a match, and if one of the two parties are not cool with it, I think that discussion is over. It should be over. I mean. If one is not okay with it, then it's, it should not happen. It's not happening. But she politicked it and got it. Rosa's playing the game. She's, she's playing the system. She's, you know, doing what she's asked and everything else. She spoke up, got shut down. You know. You know, I find it funny, too, that the, the, the report from Feifel says that many people say that she's hard to work with and she's got an ego and difficult to work with. Well, no fucking shit. The division sucks. Her reign sucks. The yeah, fuck do you want her to do? Smile? That's not true. While she that, sees everybody else around her who is not champion get treated better. Yeah. yeah, that's not true. Any and everyone who's not, you know, does, anyone that does not have Britt Baker in their ear directly has no issues dealing with working with or associating with Thunder Rosa. You know, and she's difficult to work with. Maybe, maybe nobody's nobody's nobody wants to work with her because they don't have any fucking good ideas and plans. And then she's got to voice her opinion and voice her concerns. And then that's misinterpreted like everything else in WWE. Like we always talk about this over there. You know, when you speak up, oh my God, you're a bad you got a bad attitude. Bad attitude by Thunder Rosa, ego, difficult to work with. Why? Because she deserves better and the, 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 the division deserves better. And the company is fucking handing everything over to their tried and true that doesn't give a shit about anything that Thunder Rosa gives a shit about. Yeah, no. Clearly there is one of these two who is on a mission to make the division better, and the other one is on a mission to make herself better. I'm telling you right now, bro, if Thunder Rosa is out and they give that title to Britt Baker on All Out Sunday, man, this division is dead. It's dead. Yeah. Because let, let's be real, you know, they want to say Thunder Rosa works stiff, now, out of the two, bro, if she works stiff, the other one can hardly work. 
Dirty work. So, I mean, the complaint is coming from somebody. And, and listen, don't get me wrong. Britt is a lot better now than where she was fucking in year one of AEW. And Jesse and I have talked about that and documented that extensively. But, yes. I mean, if Thunder Rose is working stiff, then Britt Baker can't work at all. I mean, her yeah. matches look very... It's 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 almost as if they're the same fucking match every fucking time we see her. It's well, like it's like the five that. moves of Doom, bro. The same well, shit. Glad you mentioned it because yeah, we've. Oh, um, you mean you got you got more news here? Hey, hey man, from the source that I got right from from the source, man. Apparently, you know because I understand the improvement that you know Britt Baker has made in the ring from when she started to where she is now, and. You know, I still stand by that in regard to what we see on TV. Apparently, the matches that we see on TV or pay-per-view or whatever that involve Britt Baker are heavily pre-orchestrated. Pre, um, heavily pre-orchestrated. Uh, imagine, have you ever heard the stories about um, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, about he had laid out every spot in his matches, of all, you know, every time? Yep. You know, that was just a a trope that I've always heard about Macho Man. It's kind of the same thing here. She has to go through and lay out pretty much every damn spot in the match because she doesn't have the ability to go out there and call it in the ring like the other workers do. And if she, if she, when she tries that, it comes off very sloppy and terrible. I'm not surprised. Just look at the match that she had with Thunder Rose in the Steel, in the steel Cage match. Thunder Rose yeah. was trying to move around like she wanted to have a wrestling match. Britt Baker was moving around. Like she was fucking uh, doing a choreographed dance for Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. I yeah. mean, all you got to do is go back and watch that match. I mean, that's the biggest match she's had since she's been out. Yeah. Since then, right. nothing. Dude, and the only uh, reason why Britt Baker looked good in the tag team match is because she had Jamie Hader, T Tony Storm, and Thunder Rose in the match. So clearly, all the, all the deficiencies that, that Britt Baker has are hided by three other people who are better than her. Yeah. Um, also, interesting tidbit. I mean, and... Before I even get into this, no, there's no heat with Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. None. No. Zero. No. Zilch. So let's get that straight. But the back injury that Thunder Rosa suffered came from the slam that she took on the stairs from um from Tony Storm, I believe. Yeah. And from, from Jamie Hader, you mean? From 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 uh from Jamie Hader. I'm sorry. Okay. What the fuck did I put here? Tony Storm. Yeah. So that's where the injury came from. And she hasn't been in the ring since. She was in a match on Dark with Tony Storm and, and Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose. She never tagged in. I saw reports and people saying that she never got in because she was pregnant. Yeah, people were saying that last night. Yeah. How long ago? When, when was this? This was this this past week's Dark. Yeah, no, this was this was, that match was a few. I gotta I gotta pull the match back up. But that was, that was, that was, I believe that was that tag match that we saw and from she, the four women. And she didn't tag in. No, no, no. The tag match we saw on TV. Yes. Where the spot happened. Yes. Yeah. What, what about the, what about this, this, this tag team match where she didn't tag in, you said? She, she never tagged it because she was too hurt to go. That's her back was already hurting at that point. That happened after this tag team match on Dynamite? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that would yes. fall in line then with the uh, chronological order of things. Yes. Yes. So that is, that is where that came from. Um, but there is there is a lot. Look, I mean, talent have heat with each other all the time. You know, it's unfortunately very normal. But apparently, someone is going above and beyond trying to completely bury someone for what reason? Don't know. Insecurity? I don't know. 
But if you have this much political pull backstage and you're only using it to make yourself look better and bury everyone else, no one wins. No one fucking wins. Think about if any and every promo, any and every promo that that Rip Baker has ever done. Has she ever put Thunder Rosa over? No. Ever. I don't think she's putting anybody over. No. And so if you're beating someone who is completely nothing according to you, then you beat a nobody. What are you doing? I mean, in every turn that she gets, every opportunity she gets, she's burying her. Oh, I worked injured. How come you can't? Oh, don't sandbag people again. These are all promos that were not approved by the person involved, which kind of makes that, you know, a little bit like you're sabotaging. You know, we always ask what uh, what the division needs. Clearly, we know what the division doesn't need. Brett Baker. That's what, it sounds, way, that's what it sounds like to me. It's looking, it's looking that way. I mean, it, it, it's looking like there is a severe, severe politicking issue going on back there. And fun fact of something I picked up on, when CM Punk made his return last year, who was the first person he put over in the ring when he got back? Rip Baker. Now, what two people have the most political heat going on backstage right now? Rip Baker and CM Punk. Birds of a feather flock together, bro. Flock together. <laughs> yep. You know, a little side note. A little side note about Marina Shafir, man. Where, where, where's Marina Shafir on television, bro? It got, it got me. Th- it got me thinking, man. She was so featured prominently on Dynamite, right? Putting yeah. me to sleep for fucking three, four, five weeks in a row. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, she was banished to dark. So it, yeah. it, it, it makes me. It really makes me wonder. And, and I came. I came to this conclusion myself. Right, this is not uh, sources or Jesse. Or, it, it makes me wonder. So she was on television to do what exactly? She, well, she wasn't. She, 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 she was. She wasn't there. She wasn't there to put over anybody, right? She wasn't no. there to, to make the television show or the, or the division better. It makes me wonder, Jesse, if this all fell in line with the rumor of Roderick Strong asking for his release for three weeks, and then maybe, maybe Tony Khan saying, "All right, you know, maybe they'll let him go." So if his wife is being featured prominently on television, it may be a way to sway him to the AEW side. Is, 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 am I in the ballpark there, you think? He, Tony Khan, not only signed her, but put her on TV and in meaningful matches, knowing her in-ring ability was nowhere near where it needed to be to be competing on, tele- on live television. This was still done anyway, to in an effort to lure Roderick Strong to AEW. Go figure, man. Oh my! So Tony Khan put somebody who should not even be on television at all to lure her husband, who's still under WWE contract, to AEW in hopes that he sees, hey, my wife is being treated good, but it doesn't really matter about his wife. His best friends are there. The fuck yeah. do you need her on television for when Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish are there? And that's the reason why he probably want to end up in AEW. His wife is just a bonus. Yeah. Well, now Triple H is in charge, and things are looking much, much sweeter over on the E. Have we seen Marina Shafir lately? No. And Roderick Strong may be getting called up and being kicked out of Diamond Mine on NXT. You think Triple H is going to release Roderick Strong knowing he's going to end up 
in AEW. So what happened there? Marina Shafir, now she's on Dark, and we haven't seen her on Dynamite putting people to sleep. Wow! What a revelation! Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I don't know, man. You're going to get this type of information from SAP? Or PW no. Insider? Or Geeks of Wrestling? No. Wait, are we supposed to charge behind a paywall for this shit? I mean, fuck. Shit, I should make my paywall $9.99 for the fucking information we gave you today. But it's free. It's Guys, free. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You know, every any other time we come on here and we and we speculate, you know, maybe this, maybe that. Could be this, could be that. We don't come here and tell you that this is happening and and we got it from a source and this is true. So when we do it, trust us, guys. Believe us, okay? We're not fucking bullshitting you. No. No, not with us. Uh, no. You know, I don't know I don't know many people in and around the business or industry. I do what I got to do. I, this is a fan-funded show. I do my shit with House of Glory. I go home. I don't mingle with anybody. But uh, when I have people, when I have people that listen to the show, want me to set the record straight because of the truthfulness and honesty that I have developed here with you guys and they want to get the real message out, then they'll hit me up. That's what this right. is about. Right. So I got I got good people who are on my side and on OTS's side and love you guys that they want the truth out there. They, they don't want, want bullshit. The all they want all they there. want is the truth. That's it. They want the truth. They 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 watch. Look, we have 44,000 people watching last night. You got to you got to figure someone someone in the know was paying attention and then someone said this is bullshit. The truth needs to get out. Yes. And that's what happened here, guys. The truth is out, and we just gave it to you guys. There you go. Uh, Jesse, I appreciate you joining me tonight, man. I thought this was uh, a great stream. I'm going to get into the Super Chats. I know you got some family business to take care of, so I'm going yes, uh, to let you kids, go. Bro. I'm going to let you go, and I will, uh, I will text you later, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. Everybody have a good night. I will see you guys on the next show, man. Join yeah. me Join me for uh, my Friday um, um, Rampage Watch Along, Friday at 9 o'clock Central, man. There you go. Join Jesse on uh, YouTube Friday Night Rampage. Thanks a lot, bro. I'll talk to you later. Right. Peace, bro. All right, guys. I uh, I appreciate you. And uh, Jesse is gone. And I'm going to uh, transform this. I'm going to transform this into what I usually do. We're going to get rid of this. We're going to get rid of Jesse. We're going to do this. We're going to move me over here. We're going to do this. There I am, man. I'm back in the venue, man. Look at that. Love it. Love it. Thank you guys so very much for joining me tonight, man. Now, we're going to get into the Super Chats in just a second. 2,700 people in here, man. Thank you guys so very much for your uh, Thursday afternoon happy hour. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And go check out all the other content this week, man. Tons of stuff there for you to indulge in. I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard, bro. Sidro! Sidro's got super chats. We're going to get into his uh, his comedy hour here in just a second. 
I appreciate you guys for the super chat love. Sidro starts off with three jokes, four jokes. Five, 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 and five. Sidro with a $20 bomb. What did Devon tell Bubba when they were working at McDonald's? Oh, Bubba, test the fry. Test the fries. Bro. Bro, that one, that one got me, bro. And then I'll, I'll tell you which other one got me. Uh, that one got me. He also says, how does Jim Ross like his coffee? A stone cold, stone cold, stone cold. Why couldn't Kane light the fireplace? Because he loses all his matches. And then he says, this is the one that got me. Why does Mick Foley buy supermarket brand cola? He always goes for the cheap pop. That one got me, bro. I laughed my ass off at that one, man, when I was fucking uh, driving in the stand, coming to the venue, man. Thank you, Sidra. I appreciate the jokes, man. The OTS venue loves him. Fabian McCleveland with a $2 Super Chat. Two shows with Jesse. Excellent, JD. Thank you, Fabian. Arden, 24, with a $2 Super Chat. We need an Osprey versus Omega one-on-one match. I do think. I'm making a prediction right now. I think we get Omega Osprey at Grand Slam. Colin Hutton with a 12-month membership. Thank you, Colin. Hi, JD and Jesse. I bought tickets for AEW in Toronto today. I'm super excited. TK is going to stack the show. Can't wait. He is. And it's going to be an instant sellout, Colin. So you got your tickets, and uh, good on you, bro. Enjoy yourself. Louie wrecks this with a 999 Super Chat. Just got tickets for a live rampage for a Friday at the end of October with a showtime of 8 p.m. It makes me wonder if they are going to try and compete with SmackDown. What is taking place between 8 and 10? I have no idea, bro. I had no idea there was a live rampage at the end of October. I got to look into that. Ulysses with a $50 super chat. Oh, my goodness, Ulysses. I personally feel that Punk and Moxley will still happen at All Out. We got to give Ulysses a uh, crowd reaction here, bro. I personally feel that Punk and Moxley will still happen at All Out. And CM Punk turns heel in Chicago and wins the title by cheating to win back even if the crowd doesn't boo him. I could be wrong, but it makes sense after what happened last night. Ty Breezy, let's cover Impact tonight. <laughs> oh, man, Ty Breezy, you're a fucking comedian, bro. Get out of here, man. Nobody watches Impact. Ulysses with a five super chat. Also, if all this backstage chaos is legit, then it says a lot about why Cody Rhodes left, at least somewhat, to me. Maybe. We, we'll never know, bro. We'll never know. Naruto sucks. Five dollar super chat. No one wants an Eddie Midston and Sammy Midvara feud anyway. We all win. 
Naruto, I'm gonna have to actually get the fuck out of here, bro. Really, you, 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 that's two strikes now, bro. That's two strikes, bro. Third one. Third one, and you're out of here. Wild Stallions, 77, with a two-dollar super chat. Get him out. Needs to be on a T-shirt. Maybe. Maybe I'll make it into an emote. Captain Solo with a fight all super chat. How long did Adam Cole sign with AEW? I'm sure he'll go back to WWE and be a top guy like he should have been. Now that Triple H is in power. I think Adam Cole's 32, 31, 32. As long as he takes care of himself, bro, he's got a long way to go. Captain Solo, uh, appreciate the five in Super Chat. Naruto sucks. $5 Super Chat. So no mid-Baker or Mitter Rosa. Naruto, I think your comments are fucking trash, and you are mid yourself, bro. Get him out of here. Get him out. Tony Brown with a 199 Super Chat. DMD is no longer sexy to me, guys. It's a good-looking woman, bro, but uh, the business side of Brit is very, very unattractive. Juan Lopez with the $2 Super Chat. Dr. Britt Khan, DMD. Hey, Cole, keep an eye on TK. I don't know about that, bro. I don't know where you're getting your information from. Daniel Rodriguez with a 499 Super Chat. JD, if you were in charge of booking Roderick Strong, how would you book his debut call-up? Would you make him a Rollins disciple? No. I don't know how... Honestly, Daniel, it's a good question. I don't know how I would book Roderick Strong for a debut call-up. He's got no personality. He's got no gimmick. His gimmick was the Undisputed Era. Robert Hall with a five-dollar Super Chat. Imagine signing Maroonie Shafir while Kylan King and the Renegades are still per appearance. <laughs> what a joke. Casket Mob with a two-month membership. Thanks for being yourself as always, JD. Stay blessed. OTS, LTB for life. Casket Mob. Shout out to you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Diablo Stacola. Fight all super chat. This is why I watch you, JD. 100% fat, zero BS. Peace to the OTS fam. Gotta love it, bro. Dominic. Panpresso. 499 Super Chat. He leaves no message. Dominic, why are you being shy over here, bro? Yeah, Rhea Ripley loves her Dominics, man. I may have to call Rhea Ripley up and uh, have her uh, bully you around with no message. Marquise with a 12-month membership. Cheers to you, JD. Appreciate you a lot, my guy. AWWR is on good hands right now. Uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. Still getting quality shows every week, but uh, AEW does not feel the same, bro. Pony Soze with a 1999 Super Chat. No message. At that rate, bro, you're allowed to leave no message. Thank you for the thank you for the uh, generosity, Pony. Sidro, the $5 Super Chat. RVD and Jeff Hardy get into a car. Who's driving? The police. 
I don't know. That one didn't hit for me, bro. I don't, I don't know why. I'm smiling, but it didn't hit for me like the Mick Foley one. I don't know. Also, can I be a mod? Also, I can make techno house music. Can I? Can you share my link? Uh, Sidro, if you can, if you can share the link in the chat, by all means, share the, uh, share, share the share the link, bro, in the chat. I usually don't allow it, but I'll allow it for you. Mod, I don't know, man. I got, I got to talk it over with my other mods. I just can't give mod status away, bro. Then I'm gonna have to give it to everybody. Deshaun Turner with a 4.99 super chat. I always preferred Lisa over Kelly on Saved by the Bell. It's your preference, bro. That's your preference, brother. Jedi Joker 93 with a 16 month. What's up, everybody? What's up, Jedi? The best in the world is this CM Punk himself. I don't know. $5 Super Chat here. What we know now, I'm happy Charlotte is still in WWE. I could not imagine the headache Tony would have with those two under the same roof. Oh my God, man. Thank Christ. Noble Prince with a 499 Super Chat. Thank you, Noble Prince. No message. Don't be shy, Noble. Metalhead for life with a 10-month membership. OTS forever. Thank you, Metalhead. Quintus Brown with a $2 Super Chat. Whole month of October, AEW Rampage will be live. It's about fucking time. Maybe I'll actually like the show. Outwork you with a $5 Super Chat. Do you think Tony has too much on his hands? Yes, I do. A lot. Maybe he should stop letting guys cut unapproved shots on each other and punish them if they do. Maybe not everybody needs an unscripted promo. And maybe all the work on his plate needs to be divvied amongst everybody else that he trusts. And Tribal Chief with a $2 super chat. If WWE brings back Imperium, Strong would fit well. Maybe. Maybe, but Imperium's not coming back, bro. Imperium will not be back. Guys, this is your Tuesday night extra, bro. But Tuesday night, I don't even know what fucking day of the week. Thursday night extra. I wish it was Tuesday. They get to start the week all over again. Pony Soze with a 1999 Super Jap. Bronson Reed. I think he would fit perfectly in the bloodline. Just imagine in Cardiff, Drew McIntyre, Roman laid out on the mat. Lights go out, turn back on, and Bronson Reed on the top rope and splashes Drew. I like it. I like it, man. I think Bronson Reed will be back. Speaking of Bronson Reed, I think he'll be back. And Fujin's Henry with a 4.99 super chat. OTS is good for the soul. Thank you, Fujins. I appreciate you, brother. Guys, great stream. 2,700 people live tonight, man. We had more people tonight than we did for a fucking SmackDown show. I love you guys, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys are in the venue tomorrow night, man. We'll be live for SmackDown. And Rampage. And please hit that thumbs up, guys. Always great to hit the thumbs up. Helps the channel out tremendously. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I need two things from you. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. 
I need those Mustang emojis for my VIPs. And I need that music on max. Oh, man, let me get out of here before they Jeff Hardy me, bro. I'll see you guys tomorrow night on SmackDown. I'll see you guys later.